Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, super achievers. In this episode, I'm interviewing Missy Wanstall. Missy is a human design coach who specializes in daily practical applications to help her clients realize quick results in areas such as decision-making, communication, and clarity of how to step into their life's purpose. Welcome, Missy. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Christina. I'm so excited to be here. Well, before we get into the topic of human design, which I haven't heard of before, I'm excited about it. Can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners? Absolutely. So as a human design coach, I help my clients who are going through a life transition unleash their superpowers. And the, the superpowers are really about confidence and clarity and learning how to fulfill their life's purpose. And what makes me special in the, in the field of human design is that I apply practical daily applications of human design. And so when I started my journey, I, I was ultimately at a transition point in my life. I had, you know, I had a business, I sold a business, I had a house, I sold a house, I was in a good relationship, I was in a bad relationship, got out of it. And it was really the, the time for the next level Missy to start to come out. And I started exploring different, different practices and backgrounds. Um, I am definitely one of the people who takes all the tests that are out there. So the Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs and, you know, let me learn about my background. And uh, <laughs> when when I found out about human design, what really intrigued me is that it's it came out in the 1980s, but it integrates some very old principles. So it brings the chakras and astrology and the Kabbalah and the I Ching and even some physics uh, when bringing in the neutrinos all together into one place. And as I started to look at it, I was like, all right, so I've learned all of these things a little bit. All right, let me, let me see how this system starts to work together. And as I started to apply it to my life, just there were so many things that were just accurate with it, like to a freaky level of accuracy. Um, and so then what do you do when you find something you like? You start to you apply it to your friends and your family. And that's, <laughs> you know, that's what I started doing. And just the levels of accuracy uh, that were coming out of the readings. And then the way that my friends and family were starting to change the way that they looked at the world, right? They changed how they made decisions. They suddenly had validation about where they were in their life and, and how their energy flows should really be applied. And that's a big part of human design. It's to look at your base energy system, basically in a picture form and apply that. So that way you can really up level your energetic working. And what I found is as I started to explore human design, uh, there was a lot of theory. There was a lot of high level information. And then the things that were detailed were usually like very specific. So to give you an example, there are 64 gates that are in the human design system. And so you can go and you can find a book that'll explain every single gate that's out there. But that doesn't mean a whole lot in terms of the day-to-day -day usage. And so when I started coaching and I started working with clients, my big piece was, okay, how do we take this information, actually use it today? So that way you can become more confident. You can become more clear in your direction. And let's also integrate the pieces, which is something else that is, exists, but it was hard to find. Um, so it's it's been a great journey with my coaching that I've been working on with my clients. Oh, I love it. So now, I mean, we've kind of got a taste of what human design is uh, now. Um, 
And I know you mentioned like 64 gates. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit more? What is that? Absolutely. So when you when you look at those different systems, uh, so the I Ching is one of the systems that I mentioned, and that's a very, very old Chinese system that essentially looks at different elements. So like earth and air and wind, and there are 64 hexagrams in that six system, essentially meaning there are six sets of lines in all of the hexagrams and they bring in the yin and yang concept. So the masculine and mm. feminine you know, variety. And so each hexagram has a different combination of the six lines of the male and the female. And those that basis of the I Ching essentially is incorporated into the human design system in a picture format. So if you were to go say Google the I Ching, you would find this like circle picture of what it looks like with all the gates. And that is actually a, one of the core pieces of human design. And it directly relates to the different strengths that are innately within us. So when I, I do a reading with my clients for human design, uh, there's two different ways that the energies can show up. They can show up as either defined or undefined. And that's for every single energy. So each of those 64 energies, for example, shows up as either defined wow. or undefined. And a lot of my clients, they look at it and they go, well, how do I get more defined? Like, how does this work? Like, I, I want to have all the energies. And really, we do have all of the energies, but they express themselves in different ways. So, for example, if an energy is defined, so for anyone who's gone to, say, mybodygraph.com, which is a free place that you can go get your human design chart if you're interested in getting that, uh, when you take a look at it, anything that's colored in, in that chart is going to be defined. And that means it's a consistent energy that shows up in your life all the time. So I focus on those consistent energies first, because those are the things that, you know, for me, for example, I have a, a gate of patterns. Habits are really, really good for me. So finding those places where I can find habits that support my life, my overall energy mm. is supported more. If it's undefined, meaning it's white in the chart, you still technically have that energy, but it's in relationship to other people. So when it's white, it's an amplified energy that's that's there. Mm. Uh, it's essentially you become a mirror. So another example of a gate is like a starting energy gate. So if I had uh, the starting energy and I was working with somebody who did not have the starting energy, they would be able to essentially start projects easier when they're with me because our energies are going to relate to each other. So it's not that like the undefined means you never have that energy. It's just helpful to have the relationships to other people. Um, or as the planets change, since there's a lot of astrology, you can actually tap into extra energies at different times of the year. Like that's that's why we feel different at some times of the year. Huh. Uh, so I don't know, Christina, have you ever heard of like Mer Mercury retrograde or anything like that? Yes. Okay, so, so that, that <laughs> kind of information, I mentioned that astrology is also part of the human design. So what's really fascinating about it is I can go into that level of the chart and say, ah, this is why I'm having trouble communicating right now. This is why I'm suddenly able to come up with a whole bunch of creative ideas. And I can actually uh, predict when things are going to be better for my energy flows to do certain activities because as the planets change they also trigger different energies to come into us oh oh i love this concept of energies um 
my secret to super productivity is about essentially harnessing your energy um, instead of your time, mm. uh, right? So you can be more productive. Um, so can you share a little bit more about energies? What else do we need to know? Absolutely. So for energy, it, it really is about the integrated flow. So each person's design is very uh, unique to them. Mm -hmm. And so if I go back to say the, the chakra component that's in the chart, let's think about uh, there are five different types of people in the human design system. So you have generators, manifesting generators, projectors, um, manifestors, and reflectors. Those are your five types. And the way that that their types are actually determined is based on their centers. So if you take your human design chart, those are going to be the little shapes that are in there. And the combination of which of those shapes are defined or undefined is going to determine what type they are. So in terms of the energies, we want to find the, the best path for you. So for example, I'm a manifesting generator. I do all the things. <laughs> I tend to, I tend to do seven different things at one time. And that's actually right for me. However, mm -hmm. there are people who are projectors. Um, actually, I have a, I tend to attract a lot of projectors into my life. I, I seem to have, uh -huh. um, I hold the right space for projectors. And projectors are oftentimes very frustrated because they, they are brought up in usually a do-do-do kind of society. Uh, and when we look at the statistics on it, generators and manifesting generators make up about 70% of the population. And again, they're, they're the doers. They're the people who are constantly acting. Projectors are the people who hold, hold the answers. Uh, they have so much wisdom in them, but yet they, they are expected almost to be constantly acting. And when you look at which centers are activated in a projector, we can recognize that, oh, okay, they're not, they're, they're going to burn out faster if they do that same do, do, do. So instead with a projector, their strategy is to wait for the invitation. So they're looking for mm. those opportunities basically for people to ask for their assistance. And, um, Initially, that tends to frustrate projectors because they're like, oh, so I have to wait for people to ask me things, to do stuff. It, there are ways that projectors can still use their energy to create an environment for the invitation. So projectors mm. can, uh, they can set it up where let's say, for example, they're, they're marketing something, they can put a poll up and say, hey, I'd like to do a workshop next week. Would anybody like to learn about this? That is an invitation then. When somebody says, yeah, I want to learn about this topic, a projector can still take that and take that invitation to move forward with it. So with our, our energies, it's starting to recognize how we need to be interacting with other people in our space. So using our human design strategy, so responding in the case of a manifesting generator, waiting for the invitation in the case of a projector, uh, that helps us start to interact with our world in a way where we don't meet resistance. Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's an yeah. overall big piece with the types. Yeah. So learning to essentially live more in the flow. Exactly. Everything else just falls into place. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it was mybodychart.com? Uh, mybodygraph.com. Mybodygraph.com. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's say someone goes there today, mm -hmm. uh, they get a chart and I know it, the, probably the answer is it depends, but what are some, um, what are some strategies you'd recommend for them to take from away from that? Absolutely. So the, so the first thing is to 
when they do their information, they put their chart in, they're going to get like a little box on the right side of it that gives them some details. Uh, so the, the first thing that they're going to see is their type. So I mentioned there are those five types, the manifesting generator, generator, projector, manifester, and reflector. It'll just say <laughs> which one they are there. And that's the easiest starting place for human design. And it, there's quite a bit of information that you can Google in terms of the type and how to start using that strategy. The second biggest piece though, and the one that I find is even more impactful for my client is how to make decisions. So there mm. are nine different types of decision-making strategies. And on that same chart, they'll see a section called authority. And that authority defines how they're going to make decisions. So I just want to cover the top two because the vast majority sure. of people are going to fall, fall into one of those categories. So if you're a solar plexus authority, and again, you don't have to worry about what that is, just if it, if it says it in your chart when you take the picture up, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's all you need. Those are the people who need to make decisions emotionally. And this freaks out a lot of my clients when I first start working with them because <laughs> right? they're like, oh, no, I must I must be logical in this. I must do all the pro and cons list and write it all. <laughs> yeah, you, you know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. I've heard that. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and the, with that, it actually fights then the actual emotional process. Like you can still use a pro con list as input into making your decision, Absolutely. even if you're an emotional person. Yeah. You just wanna make that final decision based on the emotional flow. And that solar plexus decision maker, it it is a slower process. They have to let themselves go through the high highs and the low lows of an emotional decision, usually multiple times. Like the bigger de the decision, the more flows they're going to go through until ultimately they hit a state of neutral. So an example that I like to give is you go out to a restaurant, right? And you're going in and you're like, okay, I'm so Mexican's my favorite food group. So I go in and I'm like, oh, quesadillas. Yes, that's totally my thing. And then I sit down and I look at the menu and I'm like, oh, but there's a taco salad bowl. Well, isn't that <laughs> exciting, right? So now I've hit this high high with this taco salad bowl, even though I thought I had my decision. And then I go, oh, but you know, I really, I told myself that I was going to get that quesadilla mm. when I came in here and it does have the carne asada, which just has a really great, you know, spice to it. And so you start going back and forth in, in your brain with these two. And ultimately you'll get to a point and usually in the case of like, you know, going out to dinner, it's a, it's a faster <laughs> process, but you're still going through this process of alternating between the two until ultimately I'm like, yeah, no, I, I totally did want that quesadilla, but I'm getting some extra guacamole with it. Like that's my final answer. That's where I've stopped waffling between the two, mm -hmm. two decisions. And that's when I know I've actually made that right point. Additionally, it's emotionally charged. So like, how does having a quesadilla make me feel versus how does mm -hmm. making the taco salad make me feel? Well, the quesadilla yeah. excites me a little bit, right? Whereas the taco salad, I'm like, oh, that would be lovely. It's kind of fun, but it didn't necessarily <laughs> excite me anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, so with yeah. the solar plexus authority, you have to allow yourself to go through that emotional state and ultimately make that final decision when that emotion has hit neutral, which way am I going? Mm -hmm. uh, did you have any other questions on the solar plexus authority before I go to the next one? Mm -hmm. No, that, that, that was great. Okay, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, so the other, the second most common one is the sacral authority and the sacral authority is a gut decision-making. It's a very physical, yes, no, binary decision-making. And if you do some research on the sacral authority, uh, oftentimes you'll hear that it's a very 
verbal kind of thing. So these are the people who go, "Uh uh-huh, mm-mm, like they'll make actual (laughs) noises. What's interesting Mm -hmm. is that in society, we're oftentimes uh, taught not to make those kinds of noises. Like as as small children, we're taught to tell me what you want, vocalize it, give me words, right? That's oftentimes a childhood learning. And so people with the sacral authority, though, they'll still sometimes have that verbal feeling. Sometimes it's, it's gone. It's been conditioned out of them. And so when working with that sacral, you want to be able to tap into that yes, no aspect. So... It, if you can feel it physically or start to pay attention to it physically, it becomes stronger and stronger and easier to find. Uh, but thinking in terms of binary. So again, if I'm going back to that restaurant example, do I want the taco salad or do I want the quesadilla? Quesadilla. Yes. Done. Do I want the guacamole <laughs> or do I want the sour cream? Mm, do I have to choose? Mm. So notice that in this case, I, I asked a yes, no. Mm-hmm. And I'm pausing. I'm like, ooh, that means that that's not the right question for the sacral. Instead, I need to go deeper in that question. So even though it was binary, I didn't have a clear answer. So then I go deeper and I go, will the guacamole make me happy? Yes or no? Oh, yes, absolutely. Ooh. Right. Will the sour <laughs> cream make me happy? Yeah, it's nice, but it's neutral. Right. So now I'm saying no to that. Yeah. So when we have these these questions with the sacral, um, I find a lot of times people are listening for that yes or no answer, but they might make their question too big. And then they start waffling yeah. and they start going, oh, well, it could be this. It could be that. Uh, this applies to careers as well. So I, I had a woman who I worked with who was like thinking of switching jobs. Obviously, a much bigger decision than do I have the quesadilla, but something yeah. that can still be applied the same <laughs> way. And what we found with her is we had to keep breaking it down. So she had an opportunity to become uh, basically to, to run like a new nonprofit program that they were were beginning. And instead of just saying, do you want to do this? We had to start diving into the different aspects. I mean, like, which is more important for you? The the hours that you'll be spending or the opportunities that you'll have for growth in your career. So notice that wasn't a yes, no, but it was still binary. And that tip is something that I find is not commonly explained in human design. You'll, you'll find a lot of the uh uh uh-huhs, you'll find a lot of the yes, no's. Um, But as a sacral authority, I can tell you that the binary options work just as well and can help you to start to break down the different criteria. So just when you get a, I'm not sure kind of answer, you just either have to ask a different question or you have to go deeper into one of the sides. So if in the case of the opportunities for growth that she had, we then said, okay, you know, she was like, yeah, I don't know. Well, let's, let's talk about these opportunities for growth. Will having the opportunity to work more closely with your boss benefit you in the long run? Right. And now then she had a a clear yes or no. So yeah. Uh, with that sacral, it can be applied to everything from ordering dinner <laughs> to your career changes. She used it to figure out what school to send her kids to uh, when COVID start to clear up. So it's it applies to relationships, all sorts of different applications, and it is about the matter of practicing it. Uh, one other wow. thing with authority that I did want to mention that I know is not overly explained in human design is that your authority can actually change. So Mm. most people look at their authority and they're like, okay, I'm always a solar plexus. I'm always Mm. a sacral. I'm always an ego, whatever it is. And it's actually a hierarchy. So 
solar plexus is the top one. So if you are a solar plexus authority, then you, you really are always a solar plexus authority. And so learning to practice that emotional swings helps you to make your decisions more clearly. Sacral though is the second. So there are times when those planets are changing or when I'm in contact with other people who trigger my energy for that solar mm -hmm. plexus. And when that happens, I actually change from sacral to solar plexus. Uh, and mm. I find that's really helpful to know because one, it makes you more aware of how other people are making decisions. And it also makes you aware of how you can change. So yeah, I'm normally a very fast decision maker. But when my solar plexus gets activated, I have to slow down. <laughs> and it was so frustrating to me when that first started happening until I realized why. I started going back in my chart and going, oh, yeah, okay, on you know, this day at 5 p.m., that is when I started feeling off a little bit. Oh, look at that. That's when my solar plexus activated. Hmm. All right. So it, it just gives us a better understanding of not only what our base energy is, but how our energy can really change and how we can interact and uh, respect other people's energies as well. Yeah. Wow. So I'm, I'm hearing two very important skills here too. It's uh, awareness of your energy, right? And where it is at any given moment, as well as the ability to ask uh, good questions and, and switch them up based on the, the feedback from your energy. Absolutely. And, and the questions are more so with the sacral. Uh, with the yeah. solar plexus, it's really tapping into those. How am I feeling? How does this decision make me feel? Which is still a, certainly a question. It's just one that if, if we don't really focus on that feeling, it can be very easy to forget from the solar plexus side. Yeah, huge. <laughs> wow, I feel like we could we could talk about this for a lot longer. <laughs> I, there's no. this is just hitting the surface scratching of scratching the surface. Right? Like yeah, you, just you would ask, merely scratching. You, right, you would ask like what what could they learn right away? Well, there's again quite a bit on type. There's quite a bit on authority that can be found. Yeah. But that information about the gates going into the transits. There's a whole section on profiles that we haven't touched on. Uh, those are all things Ooh. that I go into much more in depth when I work with my clients directly. Cool. Well, we'll include the, um, and again, I'm going to mess it up again, the my body chart. Uh, my, my body graph. Com. Yes, mybodygraph.com. <laughs> we'll include that in the show notes. And then uh, can you share a little bit about your products and or services if the listeners want to uh, contact you? Absolutely. So they can find my current offers at missyinc.com. So that's M-I-S-S-Y-I-N-C.com. Uh, they can also follow me on Instagram at I'm a Missy. So that's I-M period A period Missy. Those are the two best ways to find out what's going on currently. I am doing some one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I've gone through basically a six-session program with my clients. And during that, we're able to really focus in on the specific areas that they want to work on, whether that's relationships, careers. Uh, usually find my clients like switch up about halfway through. They're like, okay, we've, we've hit... We hit this point and now I see how this applies to the rest of my life. So let's, let's do another piece. And I also have a group program called Unleash Your Superpowers. And in that program, mm. we go through a guided structure of how to actually break down each of the deeper pieces of human design in that practical way. And then of course there are the group calls and ability to communicate with me directly. And then one-on-one -on -one coaching can also be added to that. So depending on what the actual goal is, uh, one option might be better than another. And I just encourage anyone who has questions to reach out to me on Instagram or through my website. Awesome. Oh, thank you. Okay. Your final piece of advice for our listeners. 
So, uh, Christine, I think you actually kind of stole <laughs> from me a little bit in, in terms of the, <laughs> the summary steps. Uh, but with, with your human design, first of all, I encourage you that if you've never heard of human design before to immediately go to mybodygraph.com, get your chart. The second thing, and I think the even bigger one is I find that so many people go into human design and they stop at that strategy type and authority level. And there's so much more that is there that really helps you to fine tune your daily life. Uh, I find that a lot of the information out there is very high level and it's just, it's difficult to understand how to apply it. So you go deeper, but look for help on how to do it because it's, mm. there's so much that it's, it's easy to go into a rabbit hole and try to learn yeah. everything and then nothing happens. So this is all about action. This is all about implementing that energy every day in the best way that's going to support you. And that does require you to go deeper than some of the, the basic information that's there. Oh, I love it. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Missy. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Christina. If you'd like to learn more about Missy, visit missyinc.com. Interested in expanding your employee development program? Visit christinaeans.com to look at the many workshops Christina has available for you.